Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Let's get moving with Maria. Inspiration to spend a few minutes each day to get moving on the small things that can make a big difference in your life. Thank you for joining us for Let's Get Moving. Today, we're going to talk about the fear and the stress and the anxiety that is caused by the coronavirus. With me is marriage and family therapist, Dr. Liz Hale. And Dr. Liz, thanks for being here today. Yeah, it's a pleasure. Hope you're well. You look I'm well. I'm doing well. I feel well. But boy, there's enough paranoia going around. So talk about how do we deal with all of the stress and the fear that surrounds the coronavirus. This is a big deal, Maria, isn't it? I mean, whether you're practicing self-quarantine at home, checking the news or social media constantly, right? Some of us do, are doing that. Or we're struggling to find toilet paper. For the life of me, I cannot get my hands on a roll I'll never of toilet understand paper. that. <laughs> the coronavirus and the stress that comes with it is really starting to feel real. And, and I think part of it is the uncertainty, right? We can expect some anxiety and stress. That's just human nature. Just the unknown, yes. Yes, but social distancing does not mean social isolation. And that's my biggest worry is that we're not even wrapping our arms around people that are safe, right, in our families. We're really creating way too much space. It's wise, but we, we, we have to kind of keep that in mind, that social distancing can really hurt those who don't have other means of communication, loneliness can be crippling. You're right. I called my neighbor who I know is alone all the time yesterday, just thinking, wow, got coronavirus. She's supposed to stay in her house. We just had an earthquake. I know she's probably fine, but I didn't want to take a chance. I wanted to make sure and reach out and say, are you doing okay? How was your experience today? Because it's scary to be alone. You bet it is. And doesn't that feel good to you to do something proactive, i.e. check in on other people? It really did. And that it felt great to her, too. Like, I'm not alone in this world. Maria cares about me. It's so common to think when we um, have a runny nose or starting to cough, we think, oh, my gosh, do I have the virus? (laughs) I know there's paranoia. (laughs) You know you have allergies. You have them every single year, right? Anxiety spreads faster than a virus does. We need you to just learn how to manage the anxiety. So the anxiety, of course, does not manage us. So how do we do that? How do we manage that anxiety? How do we separate the reality, which is, you know, it's, it's, we need to take precautions, no doubt about it. But That's how right. do we separate those from fear? That's right. And let's just talk about those precautions real quick, right? Taking action, I think, reduces anxiety. It is so important to cover your mouth when you cough or sneeze, right? Right. To wash hands frequently, at least 20 seconds. Stay away from crowds and then take a break. Take a break from your phone, from your TV and radio. Maybe twice a day, allow yourself morning and evening to stay informed and go to the better resources. Go to KSL. Go to the World Health Organization website, right? Knowledge is power. We want to stick with those reliable sources and stay informed because that reduces the anxiety and doesn't let it take over our life. Right. So the, there are precautions we can take that do make sense. But then how do we manage that? I even know when I was in the grocery store the other day, I'm not concerned about food. I know that our food supply is great. But when you walk into a grocery store and there's one package of pasta on the shelf and it's not really your shopping day till the next day you just ran in to grab something, my instinct was, oh, my goodness, I better grab that last bag of pasta. What am I going to feed my family? That's right. And why do we do that? Because it's the one thing we may have control over, mm-hmm. right? So we are going to 
to probably overindulge, even in food and shopping, if we can get our hands on certain things. Um, And again, that's just kind of part of human nature. You know, so many people are saying, stay away from sugar and really take good care of yourselves. And I so agree with that. But I got to tell you, I had a little couple of chocolate mints last night and I just savored them. They tasted so good. So I think we have to just use really good common sense. You know, what, what feels good to you? Create, keep, keep up a routine, right? Be able to stay connected to family and friends. Use some laughter to relieve stress. There's so much good going online. I didn't mean to say that was the worst thing to do was to stay right. online, right? Some of the memes are hysterical, and I do think oh, they're they kind of a so pressure funny. reliever. They are so funny. Museums, though, are even giving online tours. And bands and artists, if you see some of them playing music from mm-hmm. their home, their home studios, Trainers are posting workout routines and zoos are showing animals. So there's a way to stay in touch with the world and we can use that to our benefit. But I think back to routine is so key. Try to maintain that routine that's similar to when you're going to the office or to school. Right. Don't stay in your pajamas all day. I think that's wise. I mean, one day might be okay, but every day (laughs) for weeks might be a problem. Try to get up at a regular time, schedule your meals, brush your teeth, get dressed, Create a workout, maintain normal sleep. That's really important. And instead of working on the couch, do a an, an actual designated area, you know, on a desk, a makeshift desk if you have to at home. Keep it tidy with all the tools within within reach. And again, of course, I think we need to just allow a little bit of leeway room, right, to just enjoy the kids too, right? Not be afraid that we can we can certainly go away from the strict schedule of math, reading, writing, arithmetic, and we can watch a movie. We can have some time and really some time together and really milk it. A year from now, I think we're going to miss this time of hunkering down. I think that there are some good things, Dr. Liz, about being together with family and not needing to spend all this time outside of the home. I mean, there are some, I've seen families out in their yards playing, um, really spending time that they don't normally have. So I do think that there are some good things that go with this. I, I think so, too. And we really have no choice, right, but to look for the good that's in there and all the blessings. And, and we are such a blessed community. We really are. I think it's also an interesting time, Maria, to reevaluate what is important. What do I value? What are my priorities? While checking for a fever is important, I think it's also important to check for your emotional temp as well. Anger and frustration, I think, is natural, and people realize that certain certain opportunities are going to be gone forever, right? Some of those are high school graduation, college graduation, wedding venues canceled left and right. So just pay attention. Take your temperature and notice how you're feeling. What emotions need to be processed? Talk to a friend or a family member, a, a pastor or a therapist. Many therapists, we're, we're doing the telecommute, you know, and I'm still, my practice is still open, but it's limited, right? And we keep our social distance. So people are there. So utilize them. There's no need for us to suffer in isolation. Deep breathing. How often do we hear about this, right? There's great meditation apps on your phone. But one key way to clear the mind and calm the spirit is to focus on your breathing. Take deep breaths with long exhales. It allows, allays that panic rather and promotes clear thinking. It's a, it's a great yoga technique. Yeah, I've heard a lot in the last couple of days about, hey, don't look at the past. Don't look at the future and fear <laughs> for the future. Just live in the present. <laughs> this moment right now, it's so easy to get ahead of ourselves, isn't it? Even financially, the worries are, are pretty great. We can't worry about what we're going to do up until the end of the year. Let's just worry about up until the end of next week. Let's just, let's just focus on what am I going to do to stay sane and safe and healthy and happy with my family close by? Well, what can we do? 
many people turn to prayer and meditation this time of year, this this time of tragedy and uncertainty. Um, they believe in a higher power, and they find prayer to be the ultimate calmer that releases anxiety. And then for those who don't believe in prayer, we can meditate on an inspirational poem or a quote or even song. I think um, the key is to focus on something positive, uplifting, and encouraging, don't you think? Oh, so much so. I mean, even though you can't do your outside community service, there's a lot of community service uh, just reaching out to those that you love and those that you're concerned about. Even those, you know, you're walking down the street and you think of a neighbor that you don't know that well, you can still reach out to them. And, it's probably the perfect you know, time, have right? have a great conversation online to, or over the phone, whatever is most comfortable for you. To introduce yourself, even if from the, from the car and they're outside working in their yard, we can do that. Right. It's a it's a good icebreaker just to say, how are you doing? I think that's a I think that's a great point. You know, music is so key. Ben had the music on the other day and I couldn't believe what a what a stress reducer that was Mm -hmm. to dance around and to sing out loud the top of your lungs. It felt so good to do that. Going back to neighbors outside, take a walk, get outside, just keep your distance. But gaze at the flowers, feel the breeze, hear the birds chirping, take your mind off the fallings stock market. And reports on the coronavirus. Keep a gratitude list. What are the best things that happened about today? What is the best thing about being quarantined at home? And milk it. And always keep in mind that that idea that this too shall pass. We know it well. We don't know when it will. Um, it won't be the first time something horrific happens, right? But it's going to create more resiliency in us and in our children. Right. I think times like this do cause some shortness of temper. You mentioned oh, we talked about the stress and. There's really this important factor of giving people around you a break and giving yourself a break well if said. you do snap at someone or you don't do everything that's just perfectly right. Mm-hmm. And and admit it, right? It's like, oof, I just heard that come out of my mouth. Can I have a do-over? Right? right? right. Just admit it and be honest. I, I love that internal temperature taking. Why is it so hard for us to give ourselves a break? Oh, we are. I so think tough, we are harder right? on ourselves than anyone else is on us. Yeah, and maybe that's maybe that's why right there is I'm going to be so hard on me so that you can't even come close. <laughs> I think there's a little self protection. I'm going to beat myself up, Maria, so that you won't be able to touch it with the stick. Right? Somehow I'll protect myself from you, which probably is the thing I fear most. Right? Is a loved one coming down on me deeming me unbroken or unworthy. So I'll do it myself so that the loved one doesn't do it. I know it's kind of hard. Mm-hmm. Hard to understand that, but I think that's a, a great deal of why. Right. Let's talk for a minute about children and how they are, have been or are being impacted by what's happening around them. How do we, how do we best help our children get through this in a way that makes them more resilient than fear, fearful? Right. That's right. And children really are struggling with these significant adjustments to their routine, right? School and childcare closures, this this home confinement and social distancing. And it really interferes with their sense of structure and predictability and security. I think even infants and toddlers, you know, we don't really give them enough credit, but they're keen observers of us and their environments. They know when things are different. They notice how we react to stress as parents or caregivers. Um, peers and even just the community members. So some kids may ask really direct questions about what's happening right Mm -hmm. now or what's going to happen in the future. And it's okay to take those questions one-on-one, really check in with them and see how they're worrying about their own safety and the safety of of you as their parent. Reassure them how their basic needs are going to be met. 
one of my dear friends, her son was just three boys at home. Now they're doing right schooling at home. And one, the youngest was really irritable. And she finally realized he was worried about something. And when she pressed a little bit, you know what he was worried about? Hmm. Food. Oh. Having enough food. Which is so sad. We do not have food insecurity in this country. Right. But sometimes not we don't realize that. Not most of us. That, I right? mean, there are people who do have food insecurity, but the mm-hmm. general public does not. Mm-hmm. You go to Costco, and I think a lot of us had that food insecurity when you just look around, right? Costco was limiting people. They had a long line outside of Costco, 50 people at a time. It was really quite, quite interesting. But kiddos, they pick up on that. And so we can reassure them that there is not a food shortage or a water shortage, Right. But children with prior trauma, that's probably who we worry about also. I mean, some of those teenagers are going to have an, an increase in their mental health disorders or substance misuse. Um, they're, they're at a special risk for emotional disturbances. So in addition to keeping children physically safe, I think it's important to care for their emotional health as well. Make sure that those therapists are still available if they have indeed been seeing a therapist, mm-hmm. right? It's really important to keep that. Even if find, it's over the phone. Find mm-hmm. some way, that teleconferencing or whatever it is, to keep that connection going strong. I'm wondering, with just the quick changes in our reality, I think this has probably been the most uh, difficult thing for me. So one day we have the coronavirus, then we have the falling stock market, mm-hmm. then we have an earthquake. And if you're someone who then has some sort of tragedy in your family, finding a center <laughs> can be super difficult. It, it is. It is not easy. And everyone responds differently, don't they? Have you noticed that? Children are no different. Um, they, their responses are unique and varied as they are. Some children are going to be irritable and clingy, and some are going to regress and demand extra attention. They're going to have dif- difficulty with their self-care, their sleeping, and their eating. Um, and those new so and challenging... So give them a break, too, right? Yes, Just expect are, that and try to be a little bit more patient. Those challenging behaviors are natural responses. And adults can help by showing empathy, patience, and by calmly setting limits when that's needed. So I, I think it's so important. I'm, I'm really glad that so many parents are working from home because a child needs a, a, a parent more than anybody right now, right, for that reassurance. But it's also frustrating. We have so many people here working from home, Dr. Liz. Yes. And I know um, Lindsay, for example, has two very young children. And working at home with two very young children and a baby that is very demanding becomes adds more stress to her life. Um, than when she can separate herself at work and do her job, you know, at work. Oh, yeah. My heart goes out to parents. They are really, they are really being pulled, aren't they? They're, it's they really difficult. Keep their it's work very going, challenging. And then they have to turn to these children. And and sometimes, you know, if, if a parent does, an adult does have other healthy caregivers to come in to babysit short time, to a short term, um, do something where you're kind of reaching for those people in your social circle that can also help you. And again, you know, they need to be needed too, right? Where find where it's a win-win. I think you just said something very important. Um, it's important to reach out when you need help. I think we have a difficult time, especially mothers, have a very difficult time saying, "I need a break. I need some extra help." How do we help moms just give themselves a break and say, "Hey, reach out to someone mm-hmm. for you know half an hour in the day." That's a great idea. So those of us maybe who aren't moms, I don't have young children at home. I'm not a mother. But I could certainly think of women in my neighborhood who do, who are home with five, six kids. 
I hadn't really even thought about what do you need from me? I just kept thinking, oh, they're fine. I'm glad they're at home. I'm glad they have their mom and their dad. But um, they still don't have enough hands to go around. Sometimes, Dr. Lewis, it's just the conversation. They just need to have a break with an adult and have a conversation about their challenges and just get it out there. Let right? me just tell you what it's like, right? Right. Yeah, boy, I'll say. Um, going back to when parents are on the front line, I think giving them, giving a child age-appropriate information is really key, Right. Um, telling a child exactly what's happening for something that they can really understand. One of my friends, after the earthquake, her daughter said, Mom, you know, can I tell you something in secret? Because she was kind of embarrassed to say it in front of her whole family. She said, do we need to go check our house? You know, is our house falling apart? <laughs> you know, um, is, the, is the world going to end? Because kids are really concerned. So you, mm-hmm. talk about, you talk about an earthquake. And sadly, they need to know those things, right? But nothing will ever be wasted. Those kids learn about their resiliency. It adds to their character and their life story that they've been through an earthquake and what it was like. But practice the three R's at home, the reassurance, the routines, and the regulation, right? Reassure your kids about their safety and the safety of everybody else in their life as well. And adults should also maintain routines to help children with a sense of safety and predictability, like those mm-hmm. regular bedtimes and meal times, learning times, play times. And thirds, ad- adults can support children's development of regulation. When children are stressed, their bodies respond by activating their stress response systems. So to help them manage those reactions, it's important to validate their feelings. I know you might be feeling scared or really overwhelmed. And encourage them to engage in activities that help self-regulate. So let's go exercise. Let's jump up and down. Let's play a game. Let's do some deep breathing, mindfulness, meditation. Again, those regular routines. It's essential to both children's emotional and physical well-being to ensure that families can meet their basic needs for food, shelter, and clothing. So that reassurance. And I will tell you, it is a reassurance to me to just drive down the street to work, even though I'm one of the few people here right now. But to see kids out playing, oh, isn't it nice? Makes it seem like something is normal and yes. like things are going to be okay. And kids have more time to spend with their families right That's now. That's right. And when kids are bored, their levels of worry and disruptive behavior increase. Right. So keep them busy. Play outside or build blocks or modeling clay art games, music. And involve them in, in the brainstorming and other creative ideas. See, see what they can come up with. Increase their self-efficacy. It's the sense of having control, right, mm-hmm. of agency. It's especially important during these times of fear and uncertainty. Children often feel more in control when they can play an active role in helping themselves and their families and even their communities. Um, children can help by following safety guidelines like washing their hands. You know, make sure that station is up, is there for them so they can help themselves and pump the soap, wash really well, teach them about a few songs that they can sing to wash their hands for at least 20 seconds. And just uh, helping in cleaning the house. That's right. Cooking, freezing food, volunteering in the community, what they can do to help older adults and their family or the neighborhood, um, share extra supplies with the neighbor, write a letter, create an art for someone who might be sad and and withdrawn, a different way or to do community service, right? That's right. That's right. right. Create opportunities for caregivers, right, to to take care of themselves. Children's well-being depends on the well-being of their parents and other caregivers. So caregivers must take care of themselves, so they have the internal resources to care for others. Adult caregivers can engage in self-care by staying connected to their own social supports. Right? They need to get enough rest. 
and take time for exercise, meditation, reading, maybe getting outdoors, prayer, if that's something they they turn to. Um, Even mental health providers are going to be there for us. Seek professional help if your child shows signs of trauma. You know, don't be afraid to say, to pick up the phone. And there's some really great resources. You know, I was so impressed with um, uh, an 800 number that I may have to get to you. I, um, uh, here it is, Dis- Dis- Disaster Distressed Helpline. I didn't even know this was there. Dis- mm-hmm. It's called a Disaster Distressed Helpline, 1-800-985-5990. Or you can text the words "talk with us" to six six seven four six. Awesome! I didn't even know those were out there. But again, emphasize each other's strengths, hope, and positivity in your family. Children need to feel safe and secure and positive about their present and their futures. And I think adults can help by fo- focusing children's attention on stories about how people have come together and they're finding these creative solutions, right? Right. I think we all need those things, Dr. We Liz. Do. I need to feel safe, secure, and see those positive things in my world. You bet. Talking about those stories with each other can be healing and reassuring to children and adults alike. We're going to get through this. We're going to get through this. Thank you so much for being here today. It's an honor.